What's up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Setterman. Joining me today, and always, is my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, we're out of the stew after one stewie, mm. but we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back. I had to get a little, you know, reward myself with a little studio right. and then vacation. So right. tell me what's on your mind today. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. People are talking about in the streets. It's a tough life you live when you have to go to the Super Bowl All Star Game and then have to go on vacation. Um, yeah. As as if the Super Bowl and All Star Game wasn't a vacation itself. But I think was it for quite... you? Was Super Bowl a vacation for you? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then I got home and you went back to work. And as usual, work sucks the next day on Sunday. Um, but what's on my mind? I got wanted to come with a little "Would you rather" that came up in conversation over the weekend for you. And I think it's all person-to-person dependent, what you value most. Um, but I'm going to ask you a question, Jack. If you're going to give up one of these for the rest of your life, no matter what, you can't do it. It's either the drunk eats, one in the morning, pizza, Taco Bell, however you take it, whatever your drunk eats are, or the hangover breakfast sandwich the next morning. What are you giving up for the rest of your life? And I'm giving up the ha- Oh, Keep going. What? Don't know I'm giving up the hangover breakfast sandwich. Like, no question. Are you going to phrase it about, like, I'll just get an omelet or something? No, no, no. I, I just, like, rarely, if I wake up hungover, am I cr- – I, it's, it's weird because most mm-hmm. people do. I don't crave the, like, the greasy breakfast sandwich. Like, I, that honestly just makes it worse for me. It makes me more hungover. It sinks me in even more. It doesn't satisfy me. When I'm hungover, I'm, I don't, I'm not looking for, like, a hearty big meal. So that's actually a fairly easy one for me. What what? So what's your hangover remedy if it's not the breakfast sandwich? It just cry, probably... cry, cry, bitch, and moan until it goes away? Yeah, I, I like to try and hydrate up as best I can. I like something light. Like, I'd rather something mm. light than, like, a greasy. Yeah, ugh, the more I think about it, it's just the more, like, depressing it makes me. See, you give me uh, a diner breakfast um, a breakfast sandwich with a shower prior to that after a hangover, and that's like what Pat Mahomes got shot with at his ankle for me. That brings me right back to life. Um, so for me, I think I would give up the drunk eating aspect of it because one's more of a necessity and one's more of a want, right? Like for me, the shower and the breakfast sandwich, the shower and the diner omelet, whatever it may be, that's that's my bread and butter for, for recovering. Um, whereas the drunk eating late night, while it is fun in the moment, like – it's not necessary. You can forget about it. Um, so I'm gonna hold on to that to that breakfast sandwich because that's what I that's what I need to stay alive. It's just it's expensive. It's nah, not convenient six dollars downstairs me. at my local spot. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, and it, listen, like I don't view you a breakfast sandwich as the stairs. It's like yeah. The, I don't think about the drunk eats. Is it's either pizza on the way out of the bar or maybe like late night delivery on the way home and. That is much more convenient than the I'm hungover. I got to get up, get dressed, go get it. Like you're jumping straight into the shower. Like that's some psycho shit to me. So I actually did both yesterday in one day. Um, I uh, had a breakfast sandwich yesterday morning after a few margaritas at dinner last at the night prior. Um, Brought me right back to life. Was feeling fine. Then had a few beers with some friends during the day. Hit a pizza spot after the day. I didn't need the pizza, but it was fantastic. 
But yeah, one's a want and one's a need. So I I need that breakfast sandwich. In but my just because but just because one's a want and a need doesn't necessarily mean that one is that the need is better. Well, it's like than give want. Well, it's like would you rather give up gambling or water for the rest of your life? So water. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could you could totally give it up for Lent though. <laughs> Uh, I want to give you a birthday shout. Happy early birthday, everyone. Uh, Flood Abe's DMs. He's turning Aaron, the... Aaron Judge here. Uh, he wears... 27. T- no, that's Stanton. Is it? Number 27. Judge is 99. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I feel that like I'm 99. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, we've got Jamal Murray here. We've got, oh, Rudy Gobert here. David Ortiz year, Mike what? Trout David year. David Ortiz, that is not his number. Well, I don't care I if it you, says yeah, he, he's yes, he won it. And his thirty-four is David Ortiz's number. How come when I type in number twenty-seven in sports, it doesn't show the back of his jersey, but David Ortiz is the one. David, I I'm guessing then he never wore twenty-seven. I don't know what you're looking at, but are you looking yeah, at we'll something? Or are you, you just saying that? No, I know for a oh, fact no, yeah, that David he's 34 Ortiz for sure. 34. I'm just trying to age myself, man, over here. Um, not many 27s in sports. Don't really want it to be a Rudy Gobert here because that's I was going to say, like, not to not to get weird, but is 27 somewhat cursed? Like, Ray Rice wore 27, Gobert's oh, whoa, 27, whoa, 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 whoa. Jamal Murray is 27. I mean, what What is cursed about Jamal Murray? I mean, he had a little leakage on the internet. It is what it is. But all right, happy that, early that, birthday to you! Thank you. Make sure everyone floods Abe's DMs. Give him some not till Tuesday, love. but we won't be here. Remind him that you know that the that the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. All right, here we go. Cap of the week, Abe. Who was capping this week? You, I'm gonna let you lead off real quick. Okay. Well, My cap mine. of the week is cancel culture. Specifically, a young man by the name of Brandon Miller. So, Brandon Miller is an unbelievable college basketball player. He was proven not guilty in a police report, although he did deliver a gun to a teammate who committed a murder. We will not be commenting on an active investigation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No comment here. But, cap of the week that, like, Brandon Miller gives a damn because... He went off for 41 and the game winner the first night after the report came out. Then later in that game, when he hits the game winner, someone, the announcer says like, oh, he silenced the crowd or he hit the silencer. Like, come on, bro. Like, you, you got to know better. If if cancel culture was real, like Brandon Miller and that announcer would be canceled. Carry on. Then on Saturday in his pregame introduction, he gets introduced, comes off the bench and his like teammate dap up is him getting patted down like they're checking his pockets as if he had a weapon on him they're feeling behind his waistline they're making a mockery out of it so uh my cap of the week is is Brandon Miller and cancel culture so I saw this pat down video and I saw everyone up in arms on Twitter about how tone deaf it is. Understand the moment. Like you can't do that. I didn't think it was that huge of a deal. I thought people were blowing it up. Mm -hmm. I just feel as if that's like a regular like introduction that a lot of people do. And I understand that in that moment, you don't do that. 
But not when you just hand-delivered a murder weapon, which we will not be commenting on. We will, we will not be commenting on. But uh, from a different angle, I do want to say from this spin zone, I didn't know about Brandon Williams prior because I'm, I'm not in tune with college Brandon basketball Miller. during the regulars. Brandon, Brandon, what did I say? Well, Brandon Williams. Brandon Miller. Um, I didn't know much about him. Found out for him to be a lottery pick. This is bringing a lot of attention to him. And I can only imagine that his draft stock, to be honest, is going through the roof. Because as long as Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, is not charged or, in, or involved in this investigation, NBA team's going to say, we don't give a fuck what happened. Like, you can hoop. We're going to draft you. Now he has all these eyes on him. He's hooping. I think it's actually helping his draft stock. But again, we won't comment on what's going on. I'm just saying if he has nothing to do with all of this. Um, but yeah, I saw people going up in arms about the, the pat down introduction. Um, and I like, at first when I saw it, I was like, are, are they freaking out about the pat down, the smoke coming through? Like, I'm trying to understand. I was like, everyone's freaking out about this. It's like, everyone's just trying to stick their nose in a place that doesn't belong and get involved in the story. And that's how I kind of viewed it. I, I mean, to be fair, I think that people are rightfully up in arms about it it is tone deaf it is hilariously we don't give a damn about what people think which is why i say cap of the week to cancel culture you guys are garbage at canceling people if you wanted to cancel this is a prime cancel candidate yeah i also beg the question and i'm not going to go back and check the tape but like are we sure he hasn't like done this introduction all year like, that's just not his it thing. It doesn't matter. Even if he has, this, this is the point. You cannot What do you mean? Do He's going to be an NBA lottery pick. Like, you got to stick to what's working. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really – it didn't bother me as much. Again, if he's not involved in this situation whatsoever – and like he, by the law, well, he is involved in the situation. He's that involved, is the thing. but he the, is the definitely said involved. He's involved right now as a witness and not a suspect. And it's like, like don't. I don't know. The court of public opinion is different than the real court of law. So I'll leave it at that. My cap of the week, we're about four hours, I believe, from it occurring, is Tommy Fury. Mm. Everyone, he's about to fight Jake Paul in Saudi Arabia. Who even knows? But I feel like all these fights at the last minute, they're just like, oh, it's not happening. Oh, there was a visa issue. Oh, this, that. Someone backed out. I'm firmly in the camp of these Jake Paul fights are fully rigged. I don't care that they're rigged. I, I think that there is rigging that goes on in boxing, in MMA, no matter what, no matter the level of the fight. And it took our Snapback Live event where I chatted up with our bartender. I want to get his name right. I believe it was Griffin who was involved in the MMA world. And he just kind of gave me the ins and outs of how you can point out in each one of every one of Jake Paul's fights, how the fights are rigged. Like this is what boxing needs. Boxing needs this Jake Paul figure coming up. I don't really know much about Tommy Fury. He is an actual boxer, correct? Like, I don't think Jake, I don't think Jake Paul has fought a legitimate boxer yet. Right. He's had the, the Ben Askren who came from MMA, he's had the Nate Robinson who came from the 2008 dunk contest, but he hasn't fought a true, true boxer. And I think, and listen, I'm a mere four hours away from getting proven wrong. I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong. But if Tommy Fury is this boxer, Tyson Fury is his brother, chances are you should knock out a fucking Disney Channel star. But people think that Jake Paul can actually fight at this point. Um, but my boy Griffin tells me, that each one of these fights are rigged. You can point it out in each fight. And I find it hard to believe that 
with Jake Paul building an empire. Maybe it's conspiracy side of Twitter that I'm on, but like I just refuse to accept that these fights are legitimate. And I think Jake Paul, just like as he's done, handles Tommy Fury with ease in a few hours. So yeah, I would like to be Tommy Fury having Paul money line. Um, And I think it's affordable. I think it's affordable too. It is. It is. Did you see the script that got leaked this morning? The Lions Chiefs for next year? No, the Tommy Tommy Fury Jake Paul script got leaked this morning. Well, what is it? Because I'd like to be rich. I was gonna say if you believe that the fight's rigged, then you would have to believe that. Well, it's I just I just I just ranted. So we're we're big fans of skin in the game, aren't we? Okay, uh, Jake Paul by eighth round TKO is what the okay. script has. It okay, has an eye uh... injury. To Fury at some point during the match, and then is this ChatGPT. Uh, no, 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 this is like a leak script. There was even like someone's name attached to it. I don't, which made it less. I can't even. In my opinion, I can't even. I don't find think it you can bet it. Can you? Why not? I, is I it not know. officially wonder, like sanctioned? I, that just makes it even more rigged. I'm I'm gonna see if Underdog has some. Speaking of which, action. I saw a tweet this morning. How how liquid are you, Jack? Uh, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury are listed on Underdog. How liquid am I? Yes. Uh, pretty liquid. Okay. Well, I think we have a way. I don't know if you wanted a little arbitrage to make mm. a quick sixty-five thousand. Um, that that would involve us putting, I believe, one point three million on Tommy Fury, as well as um, huh, a certain amount on Jake Paul. So my question is: Do you have one point three million? Plus, they're, they're both listed at plus money on different books. Yes. What happens in the case of a draw? get fucked <laughs> we're out one foot that's the thing I, in a in a world of boxing where more fights means more money and if we think it's rigged i'm probably not going to bet a scenario where there could be a draw well if you have 1.3 laying around i'm willing to put on that risk of the draw just wire it my way and i'll give you a little five percent finders fee or backing fee couldn't you take no draw at like minus a thousand, one point three to win sixty five? Now we're now we're getting into mental math, which we're not going to do. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll move along. Are you ready? For what? For what, Jack? For my rant. For my rant on the Sixers. Go ahead. Go ahead. So last night, the Sixers and Celtics played a, a great basketball game, which ended with a Jason Tatum three and then a Joel Embiid full-court heave, which obviously you should count that. Like, if it's with point two over the clock and he makes a full-court shot, like, just play into overtime. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Anyways, the Sixers end up losing the game. So now is my, my time to rag on the Sixers. Last night was a microcosm of what the Philadelphia Sixers are. You'll and all of Philly will hang around all year long and all through the first round of the playoffs saying, we're a great team. We can get to the finals. We're as good as these teams. James Harden's playing the best basketball he's played in years. Joel Embiid is the best player in the NBA. We've got more depth than we've ever had. But what we saw last night is exactly why the Sixers will not go past the second round of the playoffs like they do every year because it's the little things. It's the very little things 
that just continue to repeat. And it's the fact that the game is made up of such small margins. And while you have the best player in probably every series except the Bucks in the in the Eastern Conference, and while you do have a deeper team than you normally do, it's the fact that like these mini margins are what separates good from great in the playoffs. And Doc Rivers is still your coach. And Joel Embiid is still the feature player down the stretch. And we've just seen in the playoffs that that does not function well. And it's because while James Harden's playing the best basketball over the last three years, in the playoffs, he does not play at a different level. He actually plays at a lesser level. And it's because of all these little things, the Doc Rivers, and it's just the little margins that the Sixers don't have. Which is why, in a seven-game series, when the series is separated by literally one or two plays, it's why the Sixers are always on the wrong side of things. And it's why that will continue this year. And I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's just a realization of, of this is how it goes. I'm not going to respond by going on a huge fuck you rant that the Sixers are, are, are definitively coming out of the East, the best team in the East, because at that, like, I've been doing that for years, right? And at some point, and that stick ain't working anymore. It just gets fucking exhausting, right? And it gets hard to defend after a while. Um, the reality of the fact is that, in my opinion, this is the Joel Embiid has been the runner up for MVP in the last two years should have probably been the MVP in both, depending on who you ask. And he's playing it somehow better than he is, better than he was in each of the previous two years. Whether it's he's taken that step mentally, um, I don't know. But he, he is somehow exceeding every year. And in my opinion, again, Joel Embiid, when, when Kevin Durant's healthy, is the third best player in the NBA. And when he's not, he's the second best behind Giannis and the most dominant. The The... And I'm not going to sit here and try and argue at this point that the Sixers deserve to be talked about as favorites ahead of Boston, ahead of Milwaukee. Because, again, after these five years, whatever it's been, Boston and Milwaukee have earned their right to be there. And, like, you do have to earn that right to say that you're the kings of the East. But I think everyone's in agreement that the East, the per team coming out of the East is Boston, Milwaukee, or Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, if you're going to put them third in that, fine. Whatever. It'll come down to matchups. But the where you lose me on that margin thing is that if if you look in the past five years, something minuscule, mostly out of the Sixers or something massive, mostly out of the Sixers control, has gone horribly fucking wrong in the playoffs to the where we were, were, were handicapped. It was the Kawhi shot. Horribly wrong. Like that shot. Um and but then that's it was listen, my and then, point. Is, and then it was the bubble, and these... the bubble, and Ben Simmons gets hurt, and then it's the Hawks, and 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 Embiid's not healthy going in, and the Ben Simmons collapse. That's the only series I'll say the Hawks. Then Embiid's hurt last year, like Embiid breaks his face the month before. It's like at some point, like if you get me a healthy team going into it, then 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 we'll see, right? And but that's the thing. It's it's you always make fun of the Cowboys, right? What whose law is it? Yeah, no, Mr. for Murphy? sure. Yeah, it's no, like, I, it's, it's totally applicable to the Sixers as well. I'm not saying that it's not, and you can make fun of the Sixers and have a full podium to stand on and the right to do so. It is totally the case with the Cowboys than it is the Eagles. The only difference is the Cowboys are America's fucking team, 
and they have the loudest and the biggest fan base and all this shit. So it it brings it way more into a microscope than it does the Sixers. But you're a thousand percent correct. It is Murphy's Law with the Sixers. And that's why it's exhausting at this point is because we know how good Joel is. We know that we have the team around him. And it's just you feel as if at some point what can go wrong will go wrong, whether it's in your control or not in your control, whether it's injuries, whether it's the Kawhi shot. All we like to be like genuinely the the thing that I hold on to the most and it happens I feel as if with every single superstar at some point Joel I think is going to break through and have that that dominant playoff run whether it leads to a conference finals appearance and a loss there whether it leads to a finals appearance and a loss there whether it wins to leads to a championship Giannis did it Tatum did it all these guys do it and, and Joel has unfortunately either either come up short in his early mature years or in recent memory has been hurt during the playoffs and that's been handicapping him and I know that's the biggest thing with Embiid is he can't stay healthy he can't stay healthy he can't stay on the floor and whatever but like to say that a broken fucking face isn't bad luck like it is like it's bad luck it's like last night Embiid after that shot he was asked like about the shot he said story of my career like just like last it just doesn't work out that's depressing that yeah, no, so it, it was. I woke up to that. It was dark. He <laughs> said, "Story of my career." Um, like, I, like I was genuinely. I've I've said this to numerous people after this year. If we don't get out of the second round, if things go just according to plan as they usually do, and what can go wrong will go wrong, I don't blame Embiid for wanting out of Philadelphia. The guy deserves to win. He does. He's so fucking good. And at some point, enough is enough, right? And maybe it's just me itching, itching to get back to the process years because that was some of the easiest fandom time of my life from a mental sanity standpoint. But, like, at some point Embiid's going to break through and and have that playoff run because he's too special of a player not to. Whether it's in Philadelphia or not, I don't know. But all I ask is, like, what you've asked for the Ravens is get me healthy going into April – and let the cards fall as they will. Like, yeah, that's all. I didn't. I didn't get that wish granted, so I don't know. If I, you I know want you. To follow I, and up I, with that. And one. I've never. And I. And I rarely get that wish granted in the NBA as well. But it's that type of thing. It's just like, give me a clean slate of no bad luck, and let's. See On what a more happens. serious note, though, I think my point is, even if they are healthy, they are still the third best team in the East, and it is a, a limited margin. But it's that these limited margin plays and actions that I, I, that really freak I'm not me gonna, out. From I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue that we're the third best because again, we haven't earned that right. The Sixers started twelve and twelve, and since then are pro- are the best team in the NBA. Like it's it's that's it's not kind true of, though. That's no, not it is. True. It is. No, the it Milwaukee's is. We're won thirteen consecutive Jeff. games. Right, but I'm saying since we started twelve and twelve, we're twenty seven and eight. That's the best record in the NBA. That is a fact. Milwaukee is the probably the hottest right now. We were we won five straight going into last night before Boston, and then previously that we we're eighteen five and twenty three. Like we were, we've been playing similar to how Boston. You're playing, has. but but once again similar. But once again, Milwaukee has won thirteen in a row. They're a half game back of Boston, and I'm Boston, not arguing. even with Milwaukee winning thirteen in a row is still ahead of them, which makes those two teams the best in basketball. Even if you guys started. 12 and 12 and your ass and you can't beat the Knicks. All right. Where do Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner play? Ooh, big next big flip flop. Big flip flop. Whew. Hmm. I don't want to be a homer. But I've got the 30th. Fuck, how is it the 31st and not the 32nd? 
the 31st pick going to the Rams for Jalen Ramsey, and I think Jalen Ramsey's going to be an Eagle. I do. I think Bradbury's going to get paid elsewhere. Howie's going to look to fill that spot. Howie historically has used that draft pick to, to try and get – a, a bigger talent or, or more from his Can pick. you afford got... a Jalen Ramsey type? Because he's still got a couple the, the, years on that contract. Brother, no? cap cap doesn't make sense. Not my problem. I'm not going to try and be the cap guy but right Brad now. But Bradbury was an obvious one-year fill-in, 8 mil or whatever he made, 12 mil. I don't know the, the number. Ramsey is a little more of kind of a loaded situation. It's Listen, not really restructure. Like cap doesn't make Ramsey. sense. Not, not my problem. Um, as far as Bobby Wagner goes, that's a little bit interesting, more interesting of a story because Bobby Wagner, even though the Rams were disappointing last year, Bobby Wagner was Bobby freaking Wagner. Like he was all pro mm-hmm. again. I think he's nine years in a row or something as a pro bowl or whatever it is. So he's set to be a free agent, I believe not. So he can pick where he goes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, presumably you think he's going to want to play for a contender. I think Buffalo makes sense, to be honest. They did, they did it with uh, with Von Miller. They brought him in. It didn't necessarily work. I mean, it worked when they got the Super Bowl, but then Von Miller got hurt um, this year. And so I think Bobby Bobby Wagner makes sense um, on the Buffalo team. Okay. I'm going to go Jalen Ramsey to the Lions. Mm. I am so excited for the summer of 2023 being the Lions summer, the hype train, them being at like – 20 or 15 to 1 to win the, the script. Super Bowl. The script, yeah, the script is already out on them being in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Like, holy cuddle session, Jared Goff this summer. It's going to be magnificent. So, what drives more fun than taking a, a star like Ramsey, the loudmouth, coming from LA, planting him, reuniting him with Jared Goff in LA, uh, I mean, in Detroit, although. I would have to fact check this, but I feel like they have beef. I feel like Ramsey talks shit on on Goff. He talks shit on a lot of quarterbacks. I feel like actually. there's not a team that Jalen Ramsey could go to where he didn't talk shit on their starting quarterback. <laughs> no, but remember it was like two summers ago when he like created his list of like all these quarterbacks are absolute yes. dog water. I, I'm not sure if Goff was on that list. Bobby Wagner, I think the assumption he wants to play for a contender, I think he wants to go play for a, a historically great defense. I think he's going to go to Pittsburgh. I have no mm. clue why I feel that way, but it just feels like he would. He could be. He looks grossly, like a Tomlin. He feels like a Tomlin guy. Yeah, he's a Tomlin guy. Like I could see him in the black and gold. Him and Watt could make that D really similar really to scary. like a, the, when they picked up Minka. It's like oh, this yeah. is just like has it written all over. It just I like makes that. sense. Yeah, and as a Ravens fan, that's the that truth of me coming out. So. I'm going with Bobby to to Pittsburgh. We'll see who gets that right. We'll, Would we'll you say that the Rams, the Rams, uh, <clears throat> like the Rams went all in and now it's blowing up in their face? But it worked, so like you can't really be mad, right? It, that's the model: is you go, you go for it. But that's what breaks the model is when you overload the cap with a quarterback who can't even stay on the field. So, uh, Bobby to Pittsburgh, Jalen to Detroit to gross locate i mean leaving la to head to detroit and pittsburgh not the greatest but we'll clip this post on snapback sports podcast on youtube and you guys can comment and maybe eagle sim will drop a little community post and you guys can mm. put your your responses there Get so feeling those sick. are our picks abe we're in the second half actually we're in the final trimester of the uh, nba season who has been the best free agency buyout or trade deadline pickup 
up to this point? This is a stupid fucking question. You know who I am. He hasn't even played yet. It's Kevin Durant. When he's healthy, he's probably the best player in the world. The the, the scariest no, player in the world. No. The scariest no, player in the world in no, one basketball game to go up against no. is Kevin Durant. Okay? No. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. You know who I am. Um, it's Kevin Durant. The Suns, while they were doing Sun stuff and winning a lot of games, like everyone knew they kind of weren't going anywhere. Chris Paul is tailing off and everything. It's kind of just Devin Booker. They needed that that spark. And what bigger fucking spark than Kevin Durant, debatably one of the biggest trades in NBA history, and we're asking who the biggest pickup is. We're asking if it's Terrence Ross to the Suns off the buyout market. We're asking if it's Myers Leonard on a 10-day contract. No, it's Kevin Durant to Phoenix because it makes them the prohibited favorites to win the championship. I I would tend to agree with you. Some other shouts would go to Kyrie Irving. Abe and I said the energy will shift on Russell Westbrook. And after one game, he leads this, uh, the third or fourth highest scoring performance in NBA history for the Clippers. It was all because of him that they scored 174 points. Shout out to Josh Hart, undefeated as a New York Knickerbocker. That I mean, that just it's important to say. But yeah, you have to think it's Kevin Durant. And when Mikhail Bridges. He's going on one of the funniest PR tours right now. I'm thoroughly. He's just like he he's throwing his hands up, going like, obviously they have to do that trade for me, but like fuck. Yeah, he literally said that, and it was a little bit sad when, and I, I was empathetic to him. He was talking about, it and he said we when talking about the Suns, and he was like, oh, I I mean they. Um, so, but as a Suns fan, it's probably nice to know that like. He understands the move, and he still feels strongly about Phoenix and his time there. And he's a, he's a great player, so I'm excited for him. I hope he can get out of Brooklyn, though. They're a joke to Brooklyn. Go back to New Jersey. Oh, do you want to? Can we just do a quick cuck of the week, real quick? Just like because I yeah. have to. Once I just need my fix. Um, <laughs> ben Simmons, you wanted your own team, brother. <laughs> you got yeah, it. Yeah, but, and Ben out of the rotation. Out of the rotation. By the way, that, I said to you, I'm de- I'm ready to shut him down for the year. You just give me the word. I'll, I'll draft up the tweet. I promise draft you. Draft it up. I promise you Ben Simmons will be shut down within the next two weeks for the year. Now, it's a knee thing. First, he was out of the rotation. I I, I know how this movie goes. I've seen You've it You've seen it with the, You know it. I get it. I get it. Let's get shut it. him down. Let's shut him down on Twitter. Snapback sources. Up. The internet graphic of the week belongs to my boy at Kofi on Twitter. He tweeted, what's the most out-of-nowhere sports performance of all time? Abe, take it away. Okay, so my instant gut reaction is obviously uh, Nick Foles. However, I'm going to shift here a little bit. Tell me why... It's not Leicester City winning the Premier League. Interesting. So, so let I me guess, let me caveat. Yeah, yeah. Let me caveat. I have no idea the the logistics of what it takes in order to win a Premier League. I have no idea if you have to go on like a crazy March Madness tournament run of beating a bunch of teams in a row. I have no idea if it's goal scoring. But what I do know about Leicester City, <laughs> but what I do know about I meant like aggregate goals. But what I do know about Leicester City 
is that they're like the biggest underdog in sports history and it came, it's yeah. the biggest came out of fucking nowhere championship um pretty much of all time so to answer the question quite literally like the eagles were still the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl or something in yeah, the, and I was gonna in say, the playoffs and at Foles that time. Had had, right? It wasn't Foles' twenty-seven and two season. Twenty-seven and two in a season, like, but like we were underdogs in each one of the game. But like we were plus two fifty in the Super Bowl. Like what was yeah. Leicester City to win the Premier League? Exactly, exactly. And so, so for that I, reason, I we will, go Leicester City. I'll caveat. I think that I think that's an incredible answer. I love that you went there. Most people went player specific right so i think that was kind of like the basis for it a little bit but my podcast exactly and and it's your interpretation of the question too so i like that i'm gonna go with with lynn sanity i mean this guy was a was it i don't know a d league back then he came out of nowhere and then captivated the world literally the world he was this nerdy kid from harvard who could shoot the basketball a little bit and then was dropping buckets on Kobe. And, like, it, each game, it was just like, okay, tonight it ends. Tonight it ends. And then for, like, a couple of weeks, it just didn't end. The game winner against the Raptors. He was living on his teammate's couch. And then, you know, he actually did hang around a little bit and showed he, he's a decent hooper. But, like, out of nowhere, how do you even go from that to the star of the world? I don't know. If there's ever been like, think okay, I'll I'll, pre- I'll put it like this: If Mac McClung then went on to play like an All Star for the next three weeks for the Sixers, that's like the equivalent of what the Linsanity run was like. It was like that seminal moment, but then it was the continue of that moment where every game it was must watch TV. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say him. I, I do love the Mac McClung comparison because I think that's a that's a good comparison. Um, but what I will say, and maybe this is just the hater in me, would Lynn Sanity have been as insane if it wasn't in a New York Knicks uniform with the New York media? No, if, I don't if, think so. If, if, think if, so. if Jeremy Lynn was a Charlotte Hornet and went on the Lynn Sanity run, <laughs> hitting step backs over Kobe game winners, I don't think we would remember. I don't think there'd be Netflix documentaries. Probably not, but I think that's what makes it even crazier was was the fact that he did it in the Just, New York uh, media. As usual, the New York media favoritism, favoritism <laughs> as as per usual. Couple shouts here. So you've got Matt Flynn's performance against the Detroit Lions. He outdueled actually Matt Stafford. He threw six touchdowns. Talk about like one game earning you fucking fifty million dollars. Shout out Matty Flynn. Another one that was in the comment section that I was honestly forgetful of. Jonas Gray, running back for the New England Patriots, had 37 carries, 200-plus yards, and four touchdowns in a random Week 8 matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. So that one got another shout. And I'm sure you guys can think of a bunch of others. But Peyton Hillis was I, I on like Madden. That yeah, pay, we're thinking more like time, you know, length here. And a lot of these responses were like these one-off performances. Corey Brewer, 51 points. You know, those type of cats that just went absolutely ballistic. I think at this point, it, with the way the NBA is built, like it, it's not going to shock me if, you know, more Cam Thomases score 40 points in three consecutive games. It just doesn't feel as unachievable. But Corey Brewer scoring 51 is, is nuts. 
So we loosely mentioned it um, earlier in the pod, but let's revisit our our question from last week. Since the Kings Clippers went 176 to 175, Jack, (laughs) in that specific game, what do you attribute the scoring to? Is it the better players? Is it nobody playing defense? What is it in that specific game? Yeah, I think I'm just sick and tired of trying to figure out what it is. My my belief is that it's a lack of defense because when I DM'd our good friend, I was going to say I heard I heard you you were you outsourced for an answer to this question. Yeah, I DM'd Daryl and I said like, what do you expect to happen in the playoffs? And he said I expect uh, you know points to go down by a few percent like it does every year. I, I haven't had the chance to send a message back, but. I kind of wanted to know, okay, but for what reason? I think we all agree scoring will go down. My belief is that it will be because of improved defense and specifically effort. Now you could say it's because of game planning, but I don't think that there's any doubt that just because teams are shooting more threes that that scoring will go down in the postseason. When I saw the score, I made the assumption that it had gone to like three or four overtimes. And then I wanted to see in either overtime if there was like this outside scoring. It was like 12 and 11 points each team in OT. The fact, like, that to me seems nuts. Like, a double OT game shouldn't just be one of the highest scoring games of all time. No one's playing fucking defense anymore. It's insane. It was, it was big time shot making and big time playing from, <laughs> from better town. De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk were special for the Kings. They were just some big time shot making. But let me know. Uh, okay. All right, time out, time out. Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox have been in the NBA for five years, right? They they played at Kentucky, and now they've been in the year for five years. They didn't score like this until this season. And three-point shooting is not new just this season. So you're telling me there's like a 15% increase in efficiency and ability just this year versus last? No, there's a deficit in people playing defense. I'll say it again. I'll continue to hammer this point. The Knicks are scoring basketball points. They score over 110 a game. That means no one's playing fucking defense. I promise you. I promise you. No one's playing defense if the Knicks are scoring. Well, when you respond to Daryl just at the end, just be like, and would you care to comment on the backup center rotation? Just, I would like to know. I would just like to be He probably interested. doesn't want to get in, get because in the he purposely He shot. purposely omitted uh, Montrez Harrell's name in a, in a podcast the other week, and I think that was calculated. But he okay. happened to mention Dwayne Dedman, so kill me. <laughs> All right, so this is our Monday podcast. So in the future, we're going to have and bring back Monday Mailbag, which we're actually very excited for. We love answering the fans' questions, hearing what's on their mind. So the way we'll source these questions is in the Snap Exports Discord. We're going to have a podcast-specific channel. So to get that link, um, Eagleson will plug it in the YouTube um, description so you'll always be able to find it there you'll be able to find it on our instagram you'll be able to just dm abe eagle center i to get a link to the discord and we'll hook you up so no monday mailbag today but by next monday we want to have that rolling so now eagleson please join us for a final finite um the miami dolphins I'm trying to th- like there doesn't seem to be a ton in the Dolphins ecosystem like is it a slow off season? I don't know, but well, the off season we'll, we'll officially hasn't started for another 2 weeks. Gotcha. Okay. So, so Oh no, I sense. shouldn't say that. The off season has started, but the new season doesn't start until like March 15th or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Eagleson, do you have 60 seconds of Miami we Dolphins got it. content? I'm ready. A little, little bit hungover, a okay. little bit All sick, right. but I'm ready. 
I I could tell when you came on with the hood. Yeah. I, the gray I sweatshirt hood. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a good day. Um, but I will say the breakfast sandwich is is what I need right now. Not the. I, I would give up the drunk snack last night. Give me the breakfast sandwich right now. What do you have? Th- drunk eats. Pizza. It was literally frozen pizza. It, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. Did, but did you did you heated it up right? Of course. <laughs> Come on. That's not very Canadian of you. Yeah, Canadian what it would have just ate it frozen out of the box. Get it's some very, ice from outside. Yeah. Puts it yeah. on as a top. Doesn't yeah. not very sand. Not very sand. Sandpaper of me. Um, it's true. But yeah, it's not what the fuck. So we go. Mention hockey. The final finite in three, two, one. It's been eight thousand and ninety-three days since the Dolphins' last playoff win. And Byron Jones will not be contributing to the next one. Byron put out some cryptic tweets a few days ago implying he can hardly move anymore and is likely retiring. Not sure how that makes any sense when you look at that video of him training that came out during the season. He was running and jumping and all that during the video, but whatever. It would be better if he retired, honestly. It would be better for Miami's cap situation. It would let them spread his salary out over a few years and reduces his dead cap in comparison to outright cutting him. Um, keeping it in this corner conversation, there's another guy available, Jalen Ramsey. You guys already kind of talked about him. And there's been a ton of rumors with him coming to Miami, and he would be a huge piece for our defense. Let X stay on the outside. Let Jalen kind of handle the middle of the field, the slot. He can work in Fangio's zone. He was, Staley was his coach in 2020. He, played, uh, he comes from Fangio's system. He played great in that zone, so we already know it works. It would be a huge piece for our team. Let X just stay on the outside. I would love it. Um, unfortunately, we'd be the... We gotta work on our dolls. By the way, last week um, at, during what the puck, I got a very heated call from my mother. She was listening in the car, and apparently, like we inserted a truck noise, and it scared the shit out of her. The horn. It's not a truck horn. It's a golf. Whatever. Whatever. What do you ever. insert the dolphin noise? Uh, so your you your guys have noise? just been so amusing. I haven't yet, but like if, if eventually they get to a point Don't where they're that. not good, I'm just going to put in the the actual dolphin sound. Like today, my voice just cracked. Yeah, I woke up. I, I'll probably ago. have to put that. Um, that entire rant from e- rant from Eagleson, um, specifically the Byron the Byron Jones and Jalen Ramsey stuff. All I could think about was that meme from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's standing in front of, like, an investigative board and it's got all the pins and he's, like, finding the final solution and everything <laughs> connects to each other. This is why it'll work. Vangio's zone. Jalen Ramsey in the slot. X on the outside. It works. It's a miracle. That's exactly <laughs> I mean, what that felt like. It's like it, you just slotted in Byron Jones retiring, signing Jalen Ramsey, and all of your problems being gone. I mean, 8, that— days worth of 8,000 days worth of misery being gone. You, you said it. Not me. I think you're actually absolutely correct. <laughs> That's that how I that mean, came let's off. Talk about, let's talk about the Byron Jones thing for sure. a second because this is actually pretty relevant in the in the larger media outside of just Dolphins because Patrick Twitter. Mahomes was injected with illegal substances. Yeah, he was, and apparently Byron Jones knows a little bit about mm-hmm. them. Um, one, you're a scumbag. Why? Like the fact that the only thing you think about is that it would lessen the cap hit on you guys. Just absolutely trying to win business, terrible man. organization. Businessman, yeah, trying to win business man. Brutal, brutal. But but respect, but respect. Uh, two. No, Andrew, you're trying to win a playoff game first. What do we talk about walking? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Playoff game. Do we think that like this is a meaningful story? Do we think anything changes in the NFL? Do we think that other players are going to come out and talk about this, or is this? By, I feel by like Thursday? other players have been saying this yeah. for a million years, and the NFL is a 
empire, billion dollar empire, and will he either pay them to shut up or send somebody after them to shut them up? That's how I feel about <laughs> he it. He did seem a bit more like he was going to like say a bit more. Like I kind of got that vibe from his tweet. So I wouldn't be too surprised if maybe he comes out with more stuff. But then again, I also wouldn't be surprised if nothing ever comes with this again and we never hear about it. So Put it this way. You really think Byron fucking Jones is, is going take to be down. the knight in shining yeah. armor in the NFL? No, probably Come not. On. Yeah. That's how yeah, I view the situation. Enough. Yeah. All right, fam. Well, I'm on vacation this week, but the pod does not stop. We will talk to you guys on Thursday as well. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube Snapback mm-hmm. Sports Podcast. We got our new little icon. Yep. We got Ooh, clips sexy. rolling. The we shorts. Got the Discord. We got shorts popping. We got Abe going all corporate on us, going fucking <laughs> tweeting it back at people like a dude, corporate cop. Dude, I no, blew huge up. huge for the pot. I, you were, I know. Dude, you were giving me shit. No, no, no. You, time out. Time out. I want to clarify because I want to encourage this 294 behavior. likes. Let's go. That is that is 1,000% an incredible engagement method that could lead to subs. But you tweeted like – Hey, check this out. Like, like, dude, if it ain't broke, like don't it was a LinkedIn it. post. Like, it was a like you're a bot. But yeah, no, I love it. Well, I love dude, it. it's it's what the secret sauce is working. Numbies don't hey, lie, it works, brother. dude. Yeah. Numbies don't lie. All right, fam. Well, have a great week. Much love. Peace.